Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Get outside and explore Chicago on a CAFC river cruise aboard Chicago's First Lady. Now open and adhering to public health safety standards. Called the number one boat tour in Chicago by TripAdvisor, CAC docents share the fascinating secrets and stories behind more than 50 famous buildings facing the Chicago River. Delight in panoramic views and hear how our hometown became world-renowned for its architecture. Book your tickets today at architecture.org. Hey, college students. Are you looking for a way to get ahead this summer? Northwestern University is offering hundreds of undergrad courses online this summer. Choose an intensive sequence in learning. Registration is open now. Visit northwestern.edu slash summer for details. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, July 10th is moments away. But before we do this, we got to thank the following unions for sponsoring this program. By the way, if you're listening to this show... We have over 500,000 downloads. And if you own a business, boy, we would love to sponsor it. That's right. Uh, just contact Tracy Bame at the Chicago Reader. And uh, I don't know, find the number for the Sun Times and call someone there and uh, say, hey, I want to sponsor the Ben Jarofsky show. I'm not sure who you asked for. But uh, yeah, that'd be fantastic if you uh, became a sponsor. Well, I'll make a commercial. We'll do a Ben will do a live read. He loves live reads. But seriously, uh, I would love to add your business or union to this list. I am about to read The Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9. That's correct. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. That's correct. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by our dear friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Let me tell you about voting by mail. It's pretty cool. Voting by mail ensures equitable access for everyone. Normally, vote by mail applications are filled out online or in person. This creates a burden for people with limited access to transportation or internet services. Disproportionately, the elderly or people of color who are among those at greatest risk from COVID-19. Because of the pandemic, a law was passed in Illinois for November requiring vote-by-mail applications be sent to anyone who voted in 2018, 2019, or the 2020 primary. This falls short of what is needed particularly since these elections saw low turnout. We need to expand access. Mail-in voting is the best way to ensure everyone's voice can be heard safely. We can help expand voting access in Chicagoland by asking officials to send every eligible voter a vote-by-mail application. So visit VoteMailChicago.com. That's VoteMailChicago.com for call scripts and a petition. One more time. Vote. V-O-T-E. Mail. M-A-I-L. Chicago. C-H-I-C-H-E-O. Dot com to make sure that every voter in Cook County has safe 
and equitable polling. That's correct. I'm Brian Ernst filling in for Dr. D today. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, July 15th starts now. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Trump aces his test Wednesday. And here's why. Before I get to that, let me say this. If you notice, Dr. D is not with us today. Father died this weekend and Dennis is with his family in Alton. And I'm sure you'll join me as I pass on all our love and best wishes and good vibrations to Dennis and his family. Uh, Take your time, Dr. D, not a doctor. Uh, Do what you got to do. Do what you have to do to heal. Hurry up and come back. I miss you. No, seriously, man. Take your time. Do what you got to do. Uh, sitting in for Dennis today is the man we call Brian, and we call him that because that's his name. He's not a doctor either. Uh, he's a surgeon. <laughs> uh, he is the super-duper smart computer geek who runs the Chicago Sun-Times video empire. As such, he does, among other things, he's the producer of the Franz Spielman Show. Uh, and uh, he was the gentleman kind enough to lead me through the pain of connecting my microphone to my desktop computer. And that required me to download Chrome, which consisted of an exchange. It went like, oh, hold on, Brian, you're going too fast. <laughs> and Brian's saying, slow down, man. slow down, take it easy. You just push that button there and push that. Actually, my wife did all of that. I think about it, the Chrome thing. I was like, honey, help me out. She did all the work. Time didn't have to do anything. But then Brian led me through the arduous process of plugging a wire from my microphone into the into the board. It went like this, Brian. Oh, you can do this, Ben. Just concentrate me. I'm scared. <laughs> Just Ben, count to three. One, two, three. Do, do, do. And then sometimes I hear Brian talking to the other millennials. The sometimes, oh my god, I got to deal with these freaking geezers. Anyway, I uh, I did it. As you can tell, it worked. I plugged. I plugged my microphone into the board and just call me a tech guru. Call me Mark Zuckerberg. And now you're stuck listening to plan B, Dr. D over here. Yes, plan B. There he is. He speaks. (laughs) By the way, folks don't know this about Brian. He's a filmmaker. Uh, And actually, he was on the show once about a year ago. We dragged you onto the show. What were we talking about? We were talking about movies or something. uh, We had on, uh, who do we have on? Uh, Former Sun-Times employee. Who was it who was making the film about the blackjack? Oh, uh, Chris, Chris was on. Yes. yes. Chris Buddy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so you were on as well. Well, every now and then in the old days when we were in the, the studio, something would go wrong. Dennis would text Brian and he would walk in. And of course, I go entering the room right now. Sneaking in on the live stream. <laughs> yes, sneaking in on the live. There is no live stream today, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. You probably figured that out. I'm speaking this to a podcast audience. So if you're live stream listeners uh, who are checking out the podcast, don't worry. The live stream will be back next week when Dennis returns. 
Absolutely. Anyway, part of this, I've reached that part of the intro where uh, at the end of again, I talk about what I did over the weekend. And so I have an exchange with Dennis goes like that goes a little like this. Uh, I say, uh, hey, uh, Dennis, I had a great weekend. You have a good weekend. At which point Dennis goes, uh, Ben, it's Tuesday. Uh, the weekend's long for actually it's now Wednesday. The weekend is long over. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah. I just want to tell you uh, that I saw dead to me. Brian, you ever see dead to me? I like it. I like it a lot, actually. We just uh, finished it probably two weeks ago. Wait, you saw both years? Both seasons, yeah. The, oh, I, see, I just saw uh, the first season. I, lo- I can't believe how much I loved it. A shout out to Ramana Hussein. She was the one who recommended it to me. Ramana Hussein uh, on my show every Friday, sometimes editor columnist. Anyway, she recommended it. I watched it. I loved it. Uh, and then I was up all night last night, uh, finishing, almost finishing, and we still have about 50 pages left to go, Ronan Farrow's book, uh, Catch and Kill. It's in paperback. So the book's been out for well over a year. It was a huge sensation. Finally got around to reading. I'm always a little late. Uh, well, not always, but in this case I was. Uh, it is Ronan Farrow, of course, is the New Yorker writer who did the expose about uh, exposing the rapes of uh, Harvey Weinstein. Uh, and fascinating book. I talked a lot about it uh, on the show with Joanna Klonsky. We do, we do the creep report talking about men behaving badly. But the fascinating thing, um, one of the fascinating things about Ronan Farrow's book uh, is his portrayal of NBC News and how easily they were manipulated by Harvey Weinstein. This is not a proud moment for journalism by any stretch of the imagination. And they, he got, he got somehow or other got access to phone conversations that Harvey Weinstein had with the, uh, the top brass of NBC got a hold of emails exchanges. And so then in, he could put the story together and show how Harvey Weinstein was manipulating the heads of NBC put the pressure on him to kill the story. And so finally he went to the New Yorker and the, uh, the rest is history. So kind of a, a chilling take uh, on how easily it is or was, I hope it's not this way anymore uh, to manipulate one of the least uh, networks in the country by, uh, uh, on on stories that affect powerful people. So uh, the name of the book is Catch and Kill, Ronan Farrell. I finally got around to reading it and I urge everybody to what else? Well, I was following over the weekend. Big news uh, was big news in my life. The uh, Trump, the ongoing uncertainty over the Republican convention. I've been talking a lot about this. I keep kind of a, a perverse satisfaction and kick out of it uh, on on many levels. Um, let's start with a level number one. Uh, Trump wants a party. Donald Trump wants to bathe in adulation of fawning fans. He wants to stand on a podium in the lights and overlook an audience filled with the radiant faces of MAGA. That's what he calls his followers, MAGA Nation. Uh, he doesn't call it MAGA Nation. He just calls it MAGA. I put the nation on. That's correct. He wants... <laughs> See, it's like Dennis never what? left. <laughs> Dr. B! <laughs> uh, I'm not a potted plant, Ben. I could push buttons, too. <laughs> That's really good. That's correct. Off guard. Oh, okay, Robert Mueller. Uh, he's getting carried away with that. Once you start pushing that Robert Mueller button, okay. wait till he discovers the Raylo squaring cursing with Lori Lightfoot button. Oh, my God. Um, I don't think I'm anyway, prepared so, for that. I'm not prepared for that yet. Not prepared. Yeah, you got to work your way up to that one. <laughs> uh, gotta, like, you'll be wait till Dennis uh, gives me my badge of honor for that one. <laughs> it was very good, the Mueller button. Anyway, so uh, uh, so yeah, Trump wanted to look out. He wanted it just the way he had to have it just right, where he stands at the podium, 
with the lights bathing him with all the makeup. So he looks like 10 years younger and 50 pounds lighter. And he looks out at a crowd uh, arena filled with people, not a mask in sight, a shoulder to shoulder, cheering him on, just conventions of old. And the reality is we're in the middle of a pandemic. He was supposed to have the convention in North Carolina. The governor of North Carolina is a Democrat, Ray Cooper, and he was not uh, cooperating with the Republicans. He was not cooperating with Donald Trump's uh, convention committee. He was asserting that there have to be some kind of safety rules and regulation. There must be social distancing protocol. People have to wear masks. So you can't just cram thousands of people into an arena without masks and have them just you know, spraying out all over each other. You're turning an arena into a Petri dish. That's what they say. Donald Trump didn't want any of that. So it was a couple months ago. He said, you don't give me what I want. I'm going to another state that will. And then the, all these other states uh, with Republican governors started bidding for the right. And it ended up in Florida. Uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, is a, a MAGA hat wearer, wears it with pride. Come on down to our state. And the mayor of Jacksonville, Florida, uh, is Republican. Says, Come on down to our city. And so Trump just said uh, that. Take that, North Carolina. He was so proud. It was like, this is how you negotiate a deal. I, I, I forced uh, North Carolina. North, North Carolina wouldn't cut a deal with me. All right, I'll show you. And then he, I forced Florida to take me. And now they're moving the whole show to Florida. Not all of it. Apparently, there's some kind of contractual language that's requiring him to keep part of the convention in North Carolina. But the big speech, the big speech is going to be in Jacksonville because Jacksonville and Ron DeSantis uh, and Florida said, we don't care. You know, they always have this little thing. Well, yeah, we'll pass out face masks, but we don't care if you wear them. And we'll have hand sanitizers like that's Like it's the problem is not the hand sanitizers at this point. OK, the problem is spraying. It's funny. Well, we'll put a hand sanitizer there. That'll do it. Don't touch your face. Anyway, so they're all set. They invited him down. He's going to have the big convention speech. And that was about a month ago. Guess what happened? Yep, the pandemic came back. It's coming back, hitting hard at Florida. I think it was 15,000 new cases reported yesterday alone, or maybe it was Monday. I've lost track of time. Uh, And uh, even Republicans, uh, even Republicans are like, "Um, hmm, I'm not sure this is a good time to fly to Florida, pack an arena with a bunch of sweaty old people and cheer on Donald Trump. And nobody's wearing a face mask. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, I don't think that. And now the real challenge is how do you break this news to Donald Trump? without getting fired because he doesn't take well to, you know, contrasting attitude. He believes he can have this convention party. If you say to him, well, uh, President Trump, I don't, a lot of people are backing out. They don't think it's a good idea. He's, he's liable to say you're fired. You're this fired. is another probe. <laughs> no, there's a button. There is a button. Uh, I, just, I'm not a I, just, I just pressed myself. You're fired. Oh, okay. You're that's fired. Okay. That's not bad. Okay. Then it's just like right now I'm all going, you know, that's not bad. Not a bad invitation. <laughs> Uh, so uh, anyway, so the other uh, uh, so the Republican solution, which they announced over the weekend, is going to still have the big speech. You know, they don't have to have it. Like, for instance, Joe Biden, who looks smarter and smarter as time goes on. And I'm going to have to apologize to all the Joe Biden supporters out there. I know Joe Biden supporters. I was very critical of your guy early on. I admit it. I was a pretty supporter. I was very late to the Joe Biden bandwagon, not 100 percent on it at the moment, although he's looking better and better with each passing day. I know Monroe. We have a lot of uh, 
by the way, just in a tangent with the tangent, we have a lot of guests come on the show who are Joe Biden fans and I've been dueling with them all this time. And now I get the feeling they're really energized, getting ready to go. I told you, Ben, I get I get this feeling I'm going to get a ton of I told you, Ben's starting today with Monroe Anderson. And David Seaton, there's another one. I'm going to get a lot of I told you's from David Seaton. We're going to bring him on. Maybe uh, get the political know-it-alls from the northwest side of Chicago. They're going to be full of I told you knows. Everybody, I told you so. Yeah, I guess I guess I got it coming because I was very critical of Joe Biden. But he's looking pretty wise right now, just sitting back. Let Donald Trump destroy himself. Anyway, so... Oh, <laughs> uh, whatever that was, uh, we could just beep it out on the uh, edit. And even if we don't, whatever, it's a podcast. Uh, so Donald Trump does not have to do it, does not have to have an arena filled with people watching him. OK, it does not have to be a vanity show. Uh, Biden and the Democrats uh, are, are going to uh, forego their typical convention in Milwaukee. And I presume that I don't even know where Biden's going to give his acceptance speech. I don't know if he's going to do it from his basement. I've not seen those details, but I do know this. They're not going to pack an arena in Milwaukee and and make everybody vulnerable to COVID-19 just to feed Joe Biden's ego. They're not going down that path. So Donald Trump, you don't have to do it. Uh -uh. That ego must be fed. That presidential ego must be fed. So now the current plan which is even perhaps more comical than the indoor arena is to do it outdoors in the middle of August or at the end of August, which is a very muggy, hot, humid, insect filled season in Florida. Good luck with your old time Republicans, your oldsters in the Republican Party dealing with that. They'll be, oh, my goodness. It's like they'll probably go, I'd rather take the threat of COVID-19 so long as I have some air conditioning. Anyway, took great delight over the weekend watching one Republican after another say, um, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to that convention. <laughs> Sorry, Jim Durkin, the state rep from uh, Illinois, uh, who was Bruce Rauner's floor leader. And I've been very critical of Jim Durkin down through the years. But one more time, I got to give him a shout out for standing up to uh, the protesters with the swastikas on their signs. I would like. That's like a courageous act for a Republican these days, but got to give him credit. Anyway, got to give him credit for this. He says, I'm not going. I just saw this in the Tribune today. <laughs> I don't know what that thing Brian's doing, but I love it, man. Anyway, he's trying to push that button that goes, I am not a doctor, and he can't find it. So he pushes correct. Uh, there we go. <laughs> I'm just going with the that's correct button. It's all I Meanwhile, got, Ben. It's all I got. Meanwhile, he's texting Dennis. Where's the other button? Help me now, <laughs> smiley face. Yeah. Dennis is like, hey, man, I got bigger fish to fry right now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so where are we? Oh, yeah. So all these Republicans are backing out. You know, every night I saw a couple quotes where Republicans, bizarre quotes, some of the weird things that Republicans say. Like this one Republican, I forget who it was, was saying, you know, uh, it's really important that I go to uh, Florida and participate in the renomination of this great president. And if I get COVID, I get COVID. If, uh, if I die now, that's God's will. God will be calling me. It was like a weird thing to say because it's like leaves everybody else out of the equation who might be, I don't know, just to use a euphemistic word, inconvenienced by you getting COVID. Like, just put it this way, doctors and nurses 
If you get COVID, Mr. Republican, because you go down to a convention with Donald Trump because you feel you have this obligation to participate in this mass orgy to Donald Trump's ego. If you catch this disease, you could pass it on to somebody else. So they're inconvenient. Is it God's will that you pass it on to somebody else just because you want to be at that convention center? And what about the doctors and the nurses who have to treat you? You're so cavalier about, well, if I die, I die. What, are you just going to just drop that in the middle of the street? Is that how you're going to die? No, you're probably going to go to a hospital in the hopes that someone saves you. Well, what about the doctors and the nurses who have to treat you? What about the other patients who don't have a bed because you're there? <laughs> I don't know what that was. but I don't. Somebody, Somebody's phone. It's not mine. Oh, on oh, it's a phone. I wonder if it's mine. Come on, Ben. Could it be... No, you know what it is? I figured it out. Oh, my God. I figured it's not you. I just figured it out. I'm Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) What it is, is, okay, folks, just a little technical aside. We are plugged into my computer. And so every time I get an email, that's the sound. (laughs) (laughs) There's got to be some way I can turn it down, but it doesn't matter. No, no, no. Now we we need to know how popular you are and how many emails (laughs) you get per hour. I can tell you right now, most of these emails are just junk emails. And this is coming to my reader account, which I almost never look at. Well, maybe once a day, as opposed to the old Betsy AOL account, which I keep just to annoy millennials. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, so... (laughs) Uh, back to the quote of that uh, insane Republican legislature, Le- legislator, like, you know, what do you say? It's God's will that your body clutter up a hospital, that you take a bed that could go to somebody else. See, you're not thinking right. You're thinking irrationally. You're thinking like, I don't know, you're, you're thinking like a cultist in the Donald Trump cult, as opposed to a person with an independent mind who could do what he or she wants. Now, I will say this about most Republicans, or not most Republicans, let me strike that. Many Republicans right now, it's clear. I used to go around saying they were all cultists, and they would follow Donald Trump off a cliff if he instructed. But well, it seems that maybe they'll walk to the edge of the cliff, and then they'll go, hey, Don, you jump off. Now I'm going to stay in the edge and watch you fall. Anyway, what else is new? Oh, the cognitive Trump comment. I had a field day with this one. I can't remember when this broke. We may have talked about it last week on the show, but it was over the weekend that I uh, had a great delight uh, in uh, taking the deep dive on this one. I actually wrote about it for the reader. Uh, it has to do with some comments. Well, let me back up for a second. It has to do with the trolling, the very successful trolling that the Lincoln Project, and I did talk about this last week, has been doing against Donald Trump. And the Lincoln Project is that collection of former Republicans. Actually, they're still Republicans, uh, Republican operatives who've decided for whatever reason that Donald Trump has gone too far and they cannot, they cannot, their conscience will not allow them uh, to work for Donald Trump, to support Donald Trump. And so to their credit, They've been actively resisting Donald Trump for like 40 years now. And uh, they've been uh, furiously unleashing one commercial after another. And they don't play around. They're not like Democrats. Democrats always taking the high road. Well, we want to be nice. You know, they, they, they're like old time Republicans. They're going after Trump the way the Republicans usually go after Democrats. They're just stripping the bark right off the tree. Uh, so anyway, they have this one uh, 
commercial that I talked about last week about what's wrong with Donald? Is there something wrong with Donald? I forget the title of it. It shows Donald Trump having trouble lifting a glass of water to his mouth. It shows Trump having trouble walking down a ramp uh, at West Point. Uh, The whole theme of it is that Trump is even more senile than Biden. At which point, by the way, uh, uh, Brian, if you had the button to push, you would push the button that would of Joe Biden trying to articulate a thought at a debate, uh, something like play the radio, make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) what is it like written? Is it written on the board? Well, so basically what it is, these are anything that was before the pandemic that was on your show is on the board right now. So anything that would have been queued up about second week of March is still here right now. Oh, I, I got to give you credit. You put, by, by the way, uh, I could see this because uh, the setup that Brian has allows me to see his room. And he's got all these guitars on the wall. Maybe, maybe if he loosens up before the week, uh, week is up, he'll take one of those guitars down and play Stairway to Heaven for us or something like that. I don't know. Maybe he will. No Stairway. Denied. Okay. <laughs> no stairways. Not going to do his Jimmy Page invitation. All right. So anyway, uh, so yeah. So the the the, um, the Lincoln Party's Lincoln Project's messing with Donald Trump's brain, and so Trump felt uh, obligated to respond to the commercial that depicted him as a doddering old fool, and so he went on the Sean Hannity show, uh, and he addressed the issue. And Brian, why don't you play that little bit that I sent to you? because he hasn't taken any cognitive tests because he couldn't pass one. I actually took one when I uh, very recently when I uh, when I was, you know, the radical left was saying, is you all there? Is you all there? And I proved I was all there because I, I aced it. I aced the test <laughs> and he should take the same exact test, a very standard test. I took took it at Walter Reed uh, Medical Center. Uh, in front of doctors, and they were very surprised. They said, that's an unbelievable thing. Rarely does anybody do what you just did. But he should take that same test. But <laughs> I love that. I aced, right, the bit I aced, that- I aced it. <laughs> he aced it. He aced the test, folks. Okay, I, I don't want to be an ageist. Now, I feel I have certain uh, freedom and uh, liberty in this area because I am an old dude, all right? So... Uh, and we, I'm going to tell this to you youngsters out there. I'm going to give you a little bit of advice from an old guy. This aging thing is no joke. I don't know a lot of you millennials out there and zillennials and whatever the next generation. It's not, come on. No, that's not going to happen to me. You know, I'm going to, that brain is going to stay strong forever. <laughs> Just you wait. You have these moments, man, I don't want to scare you too much, but you're lying in bed and you go, Oh, God, trying to remember who are the kids in my like figured out 10th grade class. So like things that you once knew for certain and you can't you're trying to remember names and recapture. And then for like like real geeks like me. So, for instance, I used to know it's a little embarrassing to admit, but I used to know the names of every uh, secretary of state going back to like the 1940s. Which I've forgotten them, so don't quiz me. I'm I'm not going to take the. But I would sit there at night, trying to recall which one. Who was the Secretary of State uh, in the Reagan administration? Who was Jimmy Carter's Secretary of State? And then I do this for like baseball. <laughs> <laughs> 
What? <laughs> I'm quizzing you on your Secretary of State. That's your double jeopardy for the day. Get it right. Uh, by the way, Neil Muhammad, speaking of respect for that, Neil Muhammad, a uh, uh, frequent guest on the Ben Drowski show, the only guest on the Ben Drowski show who was a contestant on Jeopardy, Brian. Oh, I wow. believe he will be. Yeah, I'm, I'm promoting a bonus. One of the things Dennis instructed me to say, Ben, make sure you tell everybody we're still doing all the segments that we do. Usually when I'm there, we're going to have bonus materials. And that's the shows that drop on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And Neil Muhammad, who was... Uh, you will love this guy, Brian. He's a super smart guy. Uh, he did really well on uh, Jeopardy. I forget how far he went on it, but um, he'll be our guest. His expertise is healthcare, and we'll be talking about healthcare in the pandemic and uh, a lot of important issues like that. Anyway, all right. Uh, so back uh, to the te- the test. So this is like a normal concern that people have as they move past the age of fifty. I would say. Definitely after they move past the age of 60. And that concern is they're losing their mind. They're lo- they just don't have, they have these senior moments. So people are really worried. Like, am I slipping? Do I still got it? And so, so when Donald Trump talks about acing the test, I mean, he's addressing like a real concern that people have when they get older. But in reality, this is not like the SAT type of test. Okay, this is not like, you know, getting into law school uh, or passing the bar type of test. This is like, you know, just like a basic test to see if you are really losing. So the notion that nobody ever did anything as well as Donald Trump in this test is so ludicrous. Every day someone does as well as Donald. If you don't pass the test, then you got problems. Okay, It's not like this. Is, the doctor said that Donald Trump. This is an extraordinary feat that you've accomplished, President Trump. I've never seen any. Probably the doctor did say that they're so intimidated by Donald Trump, like the doctor who weighed him and somehow came to the conclusion that Donald Trump weighed 225 pounds. By the way, I think that doctor just won a congressional campaign in some state. Uh, So I guess flattering Donald Trump does have its benefits. But uh, anyway, so it's like acing this test is really not that big. There's no such thing as acing it anyway. It's just like, if you don't pass it, you got some problems. So just to give you an example, I asked uh, Brian, and he was very nice to to agree to do this, uh, if he would uh, willingly take the test. Are you ready to take the test, Brian? I was born ready, Ben. Uh, Well, I like that. I like that confidence. Confidence. Got to go in confident. If the president can be that confident, so can I. Okay. Hold on. Take a drink of water. Mmm. Not as it's a sometimes water, but almost. All right, here we go. <clears throat> These are some of the tests. These are some of the questions on the test that uh, Donald Trump aced. Here you go, Brian. <clears throat> What's the day today? Wednesday. Very good. And what's whoa? What's that feedback? <laughs> uh, what's the date? The fifteenth of July. Now, that's probably the toughest one of all. And I I have to say, as I told this to Brian before we went on the show, I struggle with dates. I've always struggled with dates. If you had asked me back in 1975 what the date was, I would have had trouble. Now, it would have been probably reefer-related issues. No, but I've always had trouble (laughs) back in 1975. But I've always had trouble with dates. So that's a tricky one. So I'm even like, I don't even know why that should be on the list, frankly. You know what I mean? It's easy, particularly in a pandemic, to lose track of the date. But Good job, Brian. Yeah, I, deserve, I deserve a point. Yes. Right, <laughs> I like that. It's good. Man. I like the little sound effect. All right, here you go. This is getting a little tougher now. What year is it? Oh, man. 
2020. <laughs> okay. If, whoa, I love the <laughs> feedback on that bell. Uh, right sounds through. like 1975. Whoa. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Spell the word world. Spell world. World. W-O-R-L-D. World. Now spell it backwards. D-L-R-O-W? Excellent. That's a hard one. That's a hard, that's a hard one. And and personally, just me saying, I don't believe Donald Trump passed that one. Just saying, don't (laughs) believe, because that's a lot harder than it looked. When I did that, I took the test. I was like, oh, geez, hold on now. Yeah, that threw me for a loop, but I got it. Feel good. Feel good. You got it. So you're good. You're right there with Trump. Although personally, just saying, I don't believe. I think we should file a FOIA. We should get someone at the Sun Times, one of your FOIA experts, to file a FOIA. Get that test result because I don't believe he passed it. All right, here we go. I think it's earmarked to his taxes, so we'll have to wait for that to come out. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> well, that's correct. Uh, all right, here you go. I want. I'm going to say three words, and I want you to repeat them: cat, dog, mouse. Cat, dog, mouse. Very good. And now, uh, what did you have for breakfast today? A Cliff Bar. Oh, I love Cliff Bar. Was it peanut butter flavored? Uh, white chocolate macadamia. Oh, God damn, hungry right now. What'd you have for dinner last night? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what'd you have for dinner last night? Uh, I had some leftover fried ravioli. Oh, man, that sounds good, too. I had, what did I have? I had leftover Chinese food. Nice. Yeah, it was delicious. All right. What were those three words I asked you to repeat? Cat, dog, mouse. Whoa, man. (laughs) And that's harder. What I just did was harder because I know that doctor, you're supposed to like have a little space in between it. I try to trick Brian with like, what you eat for breakfast? What you have for dinner? (laughs) I was going to do a whole thing uh, about uh, dead to me. You know, what's your favorite character in dead to me? But I go, uh. I don't even like I've watched two seasons. I don't even think I can tell you the name of anybody on the show. That's the problem with binge watching nowadays. It is, but here you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you something. Jen and Judy. You got it. Huh? (laughs) Yeah, come on. Let's see you do that, Trump. All right. (laughs) All right, where was I? Jen and Judy. That's about it. Oh, Nick. Wasn't there a guy named the detective was named Nick? Anyway. All right. Uh and uh um, oh, okay. I'm going to give you the first part of a sentence and you complete it. Are you ready? Yes. People say I'm the life of the party. Until I spill the dip on the floor. (laughs) That is not correct, but that is a (laughs) trick question. Every person over the age of 60 can tell you that People say I'm the life of the party is followed by cause I tell a joke or two. It's a line from Tracks of My Tears by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. And every boomer can answer that. I just threw that in there to trick the millennial. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, that's OK. Don't worry about it, Brian. You passed all the hard parts. I'll take a and B. I'll take a B. That'll work. I, I have a feeling that even uh, a boomer who is really struggling, one of the last things he or she will be able to retain is knowing 
that uh, people say uh, life of the party is by cause I tell a joke. These are just, these are songs that are ingrained in the book. It's sort of like saying, what's that one? Um, uh, the, the Smokey Robinson song about my girl. Do you know that song at all, D? I called you D. Oh, Brian, no. you know? Uh, do you know that song? Which song particularly? Um, my girl. I know my girl. Yeah. Okay. If I say this, what follows? I've got sunshine. On a cloudy day. There you go. <laughs> Any boomer in the world will remember that. If you go, I've got sunshine, they will say on a cloudy day. No matter where, what phase they're in of dementia. Anyway, so I, <laughs> Brian passed the test. I passed the test. Trump, not that big deal. Finally, word broke today on a more serious note. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is hospitalized. And uh, let me just say this, and I know I'm speaking for every person, not just lefties, but liberals, Democrats, moderates, anybody who believes, uh, for instance, in a woman's right to choose, anybody who believes in the sane environmental protection laws, anybody who believes in limits on the power of all uh, powerful presidents uh, are joining me uh, to wish her the best uh, wishes. Uh, I know she's tough as hell. She's old school. Uh, she's only missed. I read this before I went on the air. Uh, one oral argument in like all the years she's been on the court and she's been on the court since the 90s. Uh, she missed that oral argument because she was in a hospital recovering from cancer surgery. And she came right back uh, and just picked up where she left off. This last May, she participated in an oral argument by phone from a hospital room where she was recovering from some kind of all bladder procedure. So I'm telling you, with Bader Ginsburg, She's old school. They don't make them like her anymore. And she's tough. And uh, Candace Castillo, who comes on the show all the time, really is a lefty. I know she always says she's praying for Ruth Bader Ginsburg every day she wakes up. And I feel the same way as Candace. Uh, so, folks, I'm just going to take a moment here and do uh, have a pause. And I'm going to send out uh, my uh, strongest, best vibration uh, to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and I hope everybody else does the same, your prayers, your good thoughts, whatever, so that she gets strong, because we really need Ruth Bader Ginsburg at this moment. So, folks, I'm just going to take this pause right now. We've got a great show coming up. Monroe Anderson. Yeah, he's tough as nails, too. He's old school. He's coming on. Uh, he's right out of the Ruth Bader Ginsburg playbook. The pride and joy of Gary in Indiana, Indiana. We're going to be talking Trump, Trump, Trump. He's all fired up. And he's also going to take uh, a celebration. The Supreme Court voted exactly how he predicted they would vote on Trump's tax case. So I'm going to have to eat a little crow uh, with Monroe Anderson because he was right. And I was wrong in that. So I have Monroe Anderson on at this break. Ben's got to check his emails and watch the train roll by. Your Ben Jarofsky show will be right back. on the line as he is every Wednesday, Monroe Anderson, the legendary journalist. How you doing today, Monroe? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. The, the decline of Trump continues. 
mean, he, he, he's a man without a plan. Plus, um, the Supreme Court judges, let's see, was that last week that they voted? What did I predict? Okay, okay. hold on, hold on, okay. <laughs> Let me be the one, say, okay? What did, did I say that uh, somebody else thought I was crazy? Say, okay. Was it seven to two? Okay. What Let, did the judges say? Did the judges do seven to two twice? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't remember, huh? That, uh, <laughs> diagnostic test. Right. <laughs> All right, let me just say a couple things. Get just <laughs> let me just say this to beat you because you're going to say it if I don't say it. I had to say it the day after it went down because every we had our conversation last Wednesday and then Thursday yeah. in that conversation, Monroe predicted that the Supremes would rule seven to two, that Donnie Trump could not hide behind presidential privilege and conceal his taxes from prosecutors in New York. And I go, come on, Monroe, that's no way. Those Republicans, no way. You, you Monroe, you're naive. You don't understand how politics works. I've been around. Okay, Monroe, you listen to me. So the ne- that was kind of the conversation. So the next day rolls around and <laughs> at some ungodly hour of the morning, Monroe, of course, is like up at five. I don't know what time he gets up. I get a text. I'm still sleeping. I get ding, a little text. All it says is from Monroe, seven dash two. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> actually, it was 1045 in the morning when I said that. But <laughs> oh, that was kind of outing me there, Monroe. Uh, so anyway, and by the time I did the show, many of our listeners, Babs in particular and Frank, they were, hey, Monroe is right. You were wrong. So let me just take this moment to say <clears throat> you were right. And I was wrong. You correctly predicted it. I got it wrong. And so if we weren't uh, sequestered in our homes, I'd take you out for lunch, my treat, but we'll just have to wait till the vaccine comes in and we'll do that, all right? Yes. And hopefully by January or February, it'll happen. In the meantime, we've got a long wait. Okay. Now, wait, before we go any further, I want to give you, uh, I had a little fun with this before you came on the air. Uh, and so I did a bit about uh, Monroe, uh, Monroe, Donald Trump and his acing the uh, test, uh, the okay. cognitive test. And we played the bit where Donald Trump tells Sean Hannity, I aced it. The doctors couldn't believe what a great job I did. <laughs> a president. This is like a basic test. that the, Anyway, so, for, so I gave the test to Brian. But I had a little trick at the end because Brian, the engineer sitting in for Dennis, uh, is a millennial. And so um, so I asked him some of the questions on the test, the real questions like, what day is it? Wednesday. You know, what year is it? 2020. This is what Trump is proud of. All right. Who's the president? Donald Trump. (laughs) Me. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's part of the test, you know. All right, so here's the part where uh, Brian, the millennial, tripped up. Let's see if you get it correct, all right? Are you ready? Okay, so I said, so here it is. I'm going to read you a sentence, and then you tell me the sentence that follows it, okay? Okay. Here we go. People say I'm the life of the party. That's because I tell a joke or two. 
Hey! <laughs> Told you, Brian. Told you, Brian. He got it right. He got it right. It's it's act. I actually think it's cause I tell a joke or two, but whatever. Okay. You you yeah, got the right. okay. Yeah, cause I tell a joke. Tell a joke or two. A baby might be sweet. There's no anyway. Uh, what I was telling Brian is that. No matter how old a baby boomer gets, well, I mean, you could go into advanced ability where everything is lost, but right. more often than you could forget the date, you forget the year, you can mercifully forget who our current president is. But if you tell a baby boomer, people say I'm the life of the party, chances are a big smile will appear on their face and they will say, because I tell a joke or two. Thank you. Uh oh, right. there's an email coming in from Donald Trump. He says, I know that song. Anyway, uh, Smokey Robinson, of course, the great Smokey Robinson, a legend. Wait, that song. I knew Trump, you would. Trump, may, Trump may not have been listening to black music at that point in his life. So he, he may not know it. Well, he, that is. A, now let me ask you this. We may need some Pat Boone for him. <laughs> <laughs> he knows Tutti Frutti, but not the Little Richard version. Uh, you do Tutti exactly. Frutti. Oh, that's. Who's that black man singing that Pat Boone song? Um, Donald right, Trump. Exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm very confused right now. All right. There's a lot to talk about. And I sent you a cheat sheet. I'm just going to run through them. Roger Stone, Michael Cohen back in jail. Jeff Session losing in Alabama. Trump uh, is no you, friend. You, you, you didn't look at my Facebook page. No. Look, want, me to, okay. want me to get it right now? Let me read yeah, it. Hold on. Here. Yeah. All right. Great moments. I, got, in, uh, I came up with. All right, hold on. Let's see. This is I now look at look how skilled I am. Just call me Zuckerberg. I'm going right to your Facebook page, Monroe Anderson. Here we go. Uh, oh my God, you have so many things on your Facebook wall. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that Trump is a man without a plan? Is he deliberately trying to lose his reelection? Why would he pardon Stone, the man who was convicted for lying about Trump's Russian connection, when it only highlights his guilt, corruption, and unpatriotic behavior? Why would he sick his political henchman on Anthony Fauci when twice as many Americans know that the good doctor is telling the truth and the liar is lying again? Oh, this is excellent. I should just read your Facebook page all the time. Uh, and there are already people weighing in. All right. Well, let's start with uh, Roger Stone, the pardon of Roger Stone. Man, Trump has really lost his mind. Do, do you think... Uh, Monroe, that he actually believes he can win re-election, pardoning Roger Stone. I don't. No, no, I don't think he, he. I think he knows that he's going to lose the election, so he's evening scores beforehand. Mm -hmm. And at the last, the last thing he's going to do. This is a theory now. That um, I've heard. It's not even my theory, but it's one I heard that sounded good to me. Is that on the on on January nineteenth, he's going to resign as president so that Pence can become the president and Pence can pardon him. But on on the twentieth when, when when Biden becomes president, he will be pardoned already. Wait, you wait, time out. Uh I'm having uh, an interview with Jim Coogan. Uh, after this, our ace attorney, Jim Coogan, we turned to him with all okay. legal questions. If he's right. not been convicted of a crime or even 
You don't have indicted. to be convicted of a crime. I don't think you have to be convicted of a crime. To be pardoned? To pardon. Yeah. How, how so the, you... other, the other speculation is he also is going to pardon his daughter, his son-in-law, and his sons. <laughs> Except uh, for Baron. <laughs> Baron, Baron gets a pass. <laughs> All right. You know, I hesitate to say you're wrong because the last time I did that, you were right. And I look, you know, even worse than I usually do. Oh, wait, no. Okay. Here's a caveat for why um, I can make the statement. Um, There's a. Trump is individual number one in the Seals indictment uh, with Cohen. You know, the one that Cohen's sitting in jail for bribery? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Trump was named in the indictment, but he couldn't be, he couldn't be um, brought forth because of this whole nonsense about a a sitting president, you don't, you don't bring him into this Mm. thing. Well, I don't know. Listen, that's just one uh, yeah, but it's matter that you I might, mean, you know, I'm not know. Saying, but it's, uh, but, but the, the point I'm making is that Trump, Trump knows that he's going to lose. Yeah. And so he's going to be just, and, and he knows that, well, he knows right now that that's going to change, but he knows right now that the Republican Senate is not going to do anything about his horrible behavior. So he's just going to go buck wild <laughs> for the next three and a half months. Yeah. Well, the, the, the Roger Stone, I guess Michael Flynn will be next. Right. Uh, and, um, and who and, else? And, and Giuliani. Giuliani. <laughs> Giuliani is lawyer. Right, right, uh, right. right. I'm blanking on the old boy's name. Oh boy, this is a diagnostic test. I, I wonder if Trump could remember the name of the Republican operative who was actually convicted. And I just blanked on his name. It'll come back to me later. If we were doing this live, I could say, Frank, look that up. But of course, we're not doing this live. Uh, this is recording. Are you talking about Manafort? Yeah, there we go. Paul Manafort. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. You passed that diagnostic test, yeah, Paul no, Manafort. See, my, half of my trick is just to remember the last name. Because trying to do the full name, it gets to be a bit of a strain on my brain. So. Yeah, I have the same uh, strain on my brain. By the way, so I will say this. I just have to clear up the one thing about the 7-2 ruling. Where I, I, I did, I made this point last week at least a couple times. That somehow or other, when all is said and done, even though they proclaim that uh, Donald Trump is not above the law and has to cannot claim executive privilege in regards to not turning over his taxes, somehow or other, those taxes will not be turned over in time for anyone to see them before election. Just saying that. Just saying oh, that. Yeah, no, that's, no, no, that makes sense. I, I would agree okay. with you. But the, <laughs> that, that was part of the plan. But it does not matter. Because he has screwed up so many different ways and continues to do so that um, by the time we get around to his taxes, uh, he's going to be trying to stay out of a uh, out of a an orange suit. 
Uh, Trump in an orange suit. What a sight that would be. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and uh, it, w- it really did strike me as beyond ironic, uh, Monroe. Uh, you talk about a mobster mentality in the White House, and you've been talking about this for a long time. Roger Stone, who didn't testify against Donald Trump, gets pardoned by Trump. He's free. Michael right. Cohen, who did yeah. testify against Donald right. Trump, gets sent back to prison because he right. wouldn't sign a non-disclosure agreement of some sorts that the prison authority. And, and, and he's stupid. <laughs> and he's stupid. You know, I mean, he's out dining on Fifth Avenue at a fancy restaurant. He's supposed to be on house arrest. That gave them the excuse, all the excuse they needed to cart it back. Yeah. He was putting it in her face, not waving it in her face, in other words. He was. Uh, right. well, I don't think he was waving. I just thought that he, he just figured he, he, he had gotten his get out of jail card so he could uh, go back to his, his, his normal life. Just he had to probably be in. He was thinking he probably had to be in by, had a curfew. He would be in by dark or something. <laughs> not yeah. the fact that he was under house arrest and he wasn't supposed yeah. to leave the house. Yeah. But he's yeah. Not By the bright, way, you know, yeah. he's not a bright man. No, I, I, I don't. I try. I don't think Trump wants anybody who's brighter than Trump working for him, and so that's a very low bar they have to get <laughs> <it> under. <laughs> do you do you think Michael Cohen could have aced that test? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I didn't. I I mean, I, I guess I felt a little sorry. But, a little sorry for him. not so much for Cohen, just it was like the obvious contrast between Michael Cohen going back to prison, going back to confinement while Roger Stone is popping champagne, uh, having been uh, have his sentence commuted by Donald Trump it was a right. little dif- difficult to take. Oh, yeah, I know. Especially I mean, because Cohen, uh, Stone, Stone refused to give Trump up. Yeah. Uh, Stone was the go-between WikiLeaks and the Trump campaign. Mm-hmm. And he knew he had all the skeletons. And he refused to do it. So when it was time for him to go to jail, which was gonna, which would have been yesterday, I think, but he had to go, t- turn him in, or maybe Monday. But anyway, mm-hmm. it was earlier this week. Um, right before the weekend, he says, Stone says, well, he's done all this stuff for Trump and, um, and they've put all kind of pressure on him. You know, it was mob talk. I'm going to sing if you don't, if you don't, if you don't get me out of here, give me a cake with a, uh, a key, a key to the cell in it. (laughs) I'm going to be singing like the fat lady. And so Trump did it. The, the interesting part about it was Trump didn't pardon him. He c- c- um, commuted his sentence. Commuted his sentence. And the reason he did that is because had he been pardoned, then um, he could take the fifth. They could call him in and make him make him talk, and he wouldn't have the fifth to hide behind, but because the sentence has been commuted and therefore he's still guilty, 
then they it, it, that ploy won't work. That legal ploy uh, won't work. Wow, man! They thought this stuff. This is like mob lawyer tactics, right? Oh no, this is this is this is this is crime boss. You know, I mean, what's the the only good thing about Trump's four years is that not only comedians but writers of all sorts will have material for the next 50 years, literally. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let me ask you the question that you put on your Facebook wall uh, about commuting stone. Uh, the man convicted for lying about Trump's Russian connection. Why would he do it when it only highlights his guilt, corruption and unpatriotic behavior? That's the question you put on your Facebook wall. Answer right. it. And my answer is, he knows that he is going to lose. Trump does. Trump, okay. Trump knows that he's going to lose. And so he's, 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 he, he's, he, what he's doing is um, hitting his enemies and looking out for his friends. And what, what does he have to lose right now? Just like he said about black people voting for him. What does he have to lose? <laughs> You know, he's, he's been impeached already, although they can impeach him again. Which is not going to happen. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. They can impeach him after he leaves office. Wait, wait, wait. When they have a, you can ask Coughlin about this when he comes on. But they can impeach him after he, after he leaves office. And this this is the purpose it would serve, if they were to do that, is if he's been um, convicted, not just Mm -hmm. impeached, but actually convicted, then by the Senate, then he can't run for office again. Because there's also speculation that in 2020, he's going to try and run for president again. You mean 2024? I mean, sorry, 2024, yeah. Okay, he'll be a thousand years old in brain right. age right. in twenty twenty. Right. His brain is already gone, so he won't know that he's a thousand years old. Can, can, can we impeach? Can we, how about <laughs> he'll, think, he'll, he'll think he's still in Studio Fifty Four, pulling <laughs> uh, By the way, there's a, a TV show which I'm just gotten around to watching. Uh, and it's, it's already two years old. Typical me. I'm way behind the times. It's called Pose. And it takes place in New York in the 80s. And there's a Trump connection. It's really fascinating stuff. Pose. We, P-O-L-E-S. P-O-S-E. Pose. And, oh, pose. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Okay. No. Yeah. And, I've, I, I haven't seen it, but I've, I know about it. Uh, I think you would really like, I'm, I'm really enjoying it immensely, but there's a Trump connection in the eighties when he was at his peak. Uh, and uh, so when you said that, it brought it back. All right. Uh, listen, if, if, if that's the strategy to impeach him after he's out of office in order to prevent him from being president, let's, can we impeach Donald Trump jr. So that he can, <laughs> is that possible? I, I, don't, you just, I I, rem- I remember um, when uh, at the convention, uh, the 2016 convention, and Donald Trump Jr. gave a speech, and your old friend uh, David Axelrod, uh, I don't know what he was trying to do, cotton up to the Trumps or something, said, what a great speech that was, and it was even better than Daddy, and all of a sudden people were saying, oh, it, it, 
you know, this, this could be a dynasty. When then daddy Trump's done, Donnie Tr- Jr. is going to run. I'm like, you got to be David right, Axel. No, what is the matter with the, you? Right. When, when the media, right after Trump took office, the media was telling about how wonderful the kids were and how they beat this political dynasty. The mainstream media, it wasn't just Axelrod saying that. You know, but whenever there's a new president, this is how the American media works. You know, I'm old enough to remember when Jimmy Carter became president, and they did stories about how people were learning how to uh, speak with Southern accents and yeah. about Southern <laughs> food and stuff. <laughs> I mean, this is this is what power does. The reason, yeah. I mean, you're not a vest man. But if you were to wear a vest, a suit vest I'm talking about, yeah. uh, you would leave the bottom button unfolded, uh, unbuttoned. And the reason that happens is because, um, it may have been Henry VIII, I can't remember, but some some European royalty was too fat to buy to button the bottom vest, <laughs> bottom button on his vest, and so it became fashionable. Everybody else left the bottom button unbuttoned too, and and, and, it, and it lasts to this day. Wow, that that uh, yeah, that's sucking up to part. You know, and and we, the reason the, the the reason there's a difference between um, Spain's Spanish and everybody else is Spanish. You know, all, all the all the colonies Spanish is that um, there was this king who had a, 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 a who spoke with a lisp, and so everybody spoke Spanish with a lisp. And if and the difference between every all the the colonies Mexico or Puerto Rico or wherever where they speak a different Spanish is because they don't speak it with a list. Yeah. No, I, I remember so, I mean, mo- that's, that's power. Yeah. That I remember a moment when listening to you tell these uh, stories that, that illustrates this in a, in a sort of a, a gentle way. This is many, many years ago. You mentioned Carter and Jimmy Carter when president came to Chicago, he came, there was a, a campaign rally. There was an appearance in Skokie at a school in Skokie and the stage was filled with uh, Illinois dignitaries, democratic dignitaries who were on hand to welcome Jimmy Carter uh, to Skokie. I think it was 1978. And I remember Abner Mikva was on the stage. He was the former Congressman from the air and state reps were on the stage, state senators. And Jimmy Carter, this uh, was giving the speech and it was, I guess it was a little hot in the uh, auditorium. So he took his jacket off. Because and he rolled up his sleeves, or maybe he was trying to make a point about how he's going to roll up. His I can't remember why he took his jacket off and rolled up, but he did. And Monroe was like a joke. Instantly, all the state reps and the senators who were there on the stage with him st- right. stood up, took their jackets off. Everybody was laughing, you know, like it's like if the president's going to do it, we're going to do it. I'm like, good God, man, just have some dignity, all right? right. But it proves no, your- that's how it works. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, this is why. Um, these idiots are running around without mask on, face mask, because Trump refuses to put it on, and so they're doing it. 
All right, let's let's. That's a perfect transition to what the, the second question about yeah. that you ask in your Facebook. Why would he sick his political henchmen on Dr. Fauci when twice as many Americans know that the good doctor is telling the truth and the liar is lying? Why would he do that? Answer your own question, Monroe. Because he knows he's gonna lose. He does. He wants to save face. I mean, the only thing he wants. Okay, Trump. He's only, as far as he's concerned, the only thing that could save him, if he can be saved at all, is for the economy to miraculously come back. Because right, you got, what, 40 million people on unemployment right now? Yeah. Uh, and so he needs to have it appear. And, you, and with Trump, nothing has to be for real. It just has to appear to be real. He needs he needs the appearance of normality where we're getting back to work. The virus isn't killing anybody, uh, and Fauci is, keeps getting in the way with repeating scientific facts. You know, <laughs> shame on him. So um, so it, so Trump is hating on Fauci, but because Fauci has worked for six presidents. And has international street cred, then mm. Trump can't exactly talk about how how he's a failure like everybody who has worked for Trump and left. You know, they were they were a bum, they were this, they were that. And so he 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 can't do that just yet. So he has this henchman out there now, um Terrence Terrence Fauci. That's, this is how he operates. This is his MO. Well, they uh, in case and this is and this is just this is a just in case. I mean, and it's crazy. Well, that, well, that's the other pop, um, complication. It's Trey Trump is cray cray. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I'm not joking about this. He's nuts. Yeah. No, he is nuts. This country. He is a lunatic. I I I agree with you. I. I don't know the dimensions of it. Last week we were talking about his right. uh, thesis uh, uh, book that came out about Donald Trump. Uh, so I, I, it's pretty yeah. obvious that that the family has known about this uh, for years, and uh, the people that you're right, people that he hires that that stay loyal to him, that stay remain in his orbit, uh, pick up on his pathology and, and his behavior, like this Dan Scavino, this gentleman who was in the press office, uh, tweeted out a cartoon uh, that was acting uh, Fauci. And uh, and then he proudly said in the, in the tweet, uh, Scavino did, that, uh, hey, doctor, I'll see you in the White House. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hide behind my criticism. I'm going to let everybody know. And, uh, you know what, Monroe, just think about this. Just think about the insanity. Scavino is a lower level aide uh, in the press operation. Now, you were Mayor Sawyer's press operative. Just imagine if some lower, someone who was below you, not even you and your position, below you, um, sent out a, it says there's no Twitter, but put out a press release ripping some, uh, department head in Eugene Sawyer's administration. You know, it's just unfathomable. The first person I fired 
in my life did something comparable to that. She worked for me in, in the in the in the press office. Mm-hmm. And she was on radio, not identified, but on radio supporting Tim Evans. And the mayor's security force heard her and said, That's Sharon. And so the next day I had to call her in and fire her. And, you know, and I told her, you can't be, you're being paid to be the uh, as part of the mayor's press office. And you're on radio p- pushing the opposition. you got to go. Let's just take a brief moment before we go back to Trump to talk yeah. about the insanity of Chicago politics in 19, whether well, it would have been 88, I guess. Yeah. Chicago had uh, a black mayor, Harold Washington. He died in office. Uh, the city council selected another uh, black man, Eugene Sawyer, an alderman, to replace him. Instead of the black community of Chicago rallying around Eugene Sawyer to guarantee, or at least not guarantee, but to uh, protect him, uh, him to help him in the upcoming mayoral election, a special election. Had, had, yeah, had they, had they done that, then Chicago would have looked like Atlanta. Where you yeah. had one successive black black mayor after the other, and the black community, business community, has blossomed dramatically <laughs> because of that. But Chicago's not like that. Chicago no. people love to fight each other, and right? So it, immediately the uh, the black uh, political establishment in Chicago split in half. Into those, no difference. Oh God, Monroe! Here I am, fired up of something that happened thirty years ago. There's no, you cannot tell me there's a big difference between Eugene Sawyer and Tim Evans, one machine alderman and another machine alderman. Right. You know. Right. And uh, I just back in that some days, Monroe, and just shake my head, going, "Man, we are insane in the city of Chicago." It took us thirty years to, to get another black person in office. Literally thirty years. 30 years. Anyway, that's a, a tangent that we needn't go down. But right. yeah, so, right. uh, but that is, uh, so when I see that uh, Dan Scavino, lower level press aide, our second in command, I don't know what his, his position is, but he's, um, he's Trump's Twitter guy. He writes, he helps Trump with his Twitter account. Uh, when I see him tweet that out, I know that Donald Trump is approving this message. I right. know. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, 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 uh, he says he likes saucy Trump. Yeah. And anything Make- Trump, Trump says, you can just say lie. <laughs> Forget about it after <laughs> that. <laughs> if he says it, it's a lie. It's yeah. sure of his name. Uh, and then meanwhile, uh, Trump is clinging. I started the show with this. He's clinging to the notion that they're going to have a uh, Republican convention, a traditional Republican convention where uh, thousands of people assemble uh, to hear him give a speech, to cheer him uh, and to worship him. That's what he's looking forward to in so, August. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's another theory why he's, he's doing such crazy stuff right now. Is because he literally is going. He he feeds off of having a crowd cheering him. His narcissism calls for that, and he's been denied that for months now. And so it's driving him crazier. That's another theory. 
No, seriously, that's the bears. <laughs> and it's and it makes sense to me. <laughs> what a crazy theory. Do you think the Republicans are gonna go ahead with this, Monroe? You, you you're on a, a winning no, streak. You no, predicted the Supreme Court. One by, they're dropping off one by one. This is because this is the choice they're gonna have. They can't have another um Petri bowl. They they know that. I mean if Jackson uh Jackson is is um, like 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 New York was three months ago, and with the with the virus. I mean, it's really just it's, it's horrible there right now. So Jacksonville. They yeah, Jacksonville. Sorry, yeah, Jacksonville. So they can't do that. So what they were talking about is having it outdoors. Yeah. Because he wants the crowd, but Jacksonville in. August, it's going to be 90-some degrees, and to have a three-day convention with people sitting out, outside, now those that don't, don't die from the uh, virus are going to die from heat stroke. And half the Republicans in Congress are, are retirement age. And so uh, they are a little more fragile than um, the squad, the women in the squad, for example. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just not, no, they're going to just drop out. That that won't happen. But they're trying to break it to Trump gently because since he's a spoiled brat and always wants it the way he wants it. Yeah. No, that, that, uh, that spoiled brat was uh, was on display when he ran away from North Carolina. And, you know, he had to deal with North Carolina. By the way, this the portion of the convention that uh, that Trump cares about, the only part he cares about, I think, is his speech. Right. So that you would only I don't think they'd have to be standing outside for three days, but they'd have to be standing outside for that day to see. And even if it's just a three hours, that's a lot to ask. Right. Uh, exactly. You know, anybody. Uh, no, he cares about his speech with an audience. Yeah, uh, the, so you know, to cheer and respond. You know, I mean, you know, they've been poo-pooing Biden for giving um, press conferences or speeches or whatever from his basement, mm-hmm. but Biden's ego can take it the fact that there's nobody there yelling and screaming and telling him how wonderful he is. By the, by the way, oh yeah. God, I, I, I this is going to hurt even more. I got to do it because got to be honest. I got to do it. I got to get David Seaton on too and do it with him too. Uh, uh, so I just got to own up to this. Yes, you were right. You were right. Or at least at the moment. Biden is looking pretty smart right now. Just sitting back. <laughs> I was like telling Monroe, Look, you don't understand politics like I understand politics, Monroe. You got to get out there. <laughs> Monroe was like, no, he's just saying that basement. <laughs> Man, you were right. He's staying in that basement. Looks better and better every day. Right. No, when they bring him out, they stage it, <laughs> and he looks very presidential. I mean, he looks like he's the president already. And then Trump is up rattling on. Did you see his, his um, um, press conference 
Yep, oh today, my it, God! It, it, I didn't what, watch the what, whole thing. At the press conference. Yeah, right. Now, um, Parker. Again, I, I don't remember his first name, but he's a New York Times reporter. Mm-hmm. Trump. Yeah. But he went through all the topics. Yeah. They I read that article. It, 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 you read the article where yeah. he, he talked about this, then he talked about that, then he talked about this, then he went back to that. He, but he yeah. zigzagged you throughout the entire, he gave you a schematic of, of, of Trump's topics. Yeah. And it sounded a, like a, 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 a madman. Yeah. No, a lunatic. And, right. uh, but I, I'm going to tell you the latest. I, I keep a track of the Republican tactics. And yeah. the latest one, uh, follow me on this. And so I read it. Your guy, uh, your your good friend, John Cass, called today. I, you know, I read Cass in the Chicago Tribune. And uh, and and it was, I don't know if it's coincidence, but I got at least three Tea Party missives uh, dedicated to the same theme. So it's sort of like <laughs> he must have sent out the first release to MAGA. All right, this is our talking point for the week, MAGA. Take oh, no, no, it. they do that. No, 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 seriously. I, I This has been going on for years now. I mean, before Trump. But when um, um, Ailes was alive, mm-hmm. he would send out a talking point to all, all his anchors every day, what they were supposed to hit and the words they were supposed to use. But they also sent out emails to Republicans uh, who, uh, on an email blast list, which did the same thing because a friend of mine's mother-in-law was a Republican and was on this list, so she would get this stuff. This I know it existed, and, I, and I'm assuming it still exists. Well, anyway, the, the echo chamber works. As, yeah, as echo, the echo chamber. chamber. So yeah. the 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 message is this, and I get your response to this. Uh, you, the the message that they're sending out now, because I, I get it. Uh, I saw it in the Tribune, and I saw it in my uh, Tea Party email, etc. Is that Joe Biden is a doddering old senile fool who will be controlled by the radical left? And so, right. what if you want to see in particular? Yes, they're going to be the. Right. If you elect Joe Biden, you're actually electing AOC. I'm like, good God, man, right. this is where they're at right now. This is their. Art. So, what's because your they response have to that? Nowhere to go. Yeah. But see, that's the problem. They have nowhere to to go. Um, if you if you see his platform that he's saying that he's going to do for, for uh, the next four years, it's more of the same. He's going to. Literally, I mean, he's 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 going to uh, continue to get us jobs, or he's going to. I mean, he has no plan. You know, they're forcing, they're trying to force children back into the classroom with the with the COVID nineteen raging again. So it looks like we're back to normal, yeah. and they have no plans to protect the children or the teachers in the schools. They just want them back there. He forced the uh, meat workers to stay um, in the factories with COVID-19 raging in the factories uh, to to help out his buddies um, who were giving him money. He forced them to stay in the factories by saying they were essential workers. 
and again, it's it, they have no plans, no no really good plans to protect these people. And that's what's come down. They're going to try to scare people with the radical left. We're going to close with this. I want your uh, parting thoughts on the career of one Jeff Sessions. He was uh, in the position of being an unbeatable senator from Alabama. Uh, He allowed Donald John Trump to talk him into quitting his Senate post to become attorney general. Uh, Trump dumps him as attorney general when he's no longer useful to Trump. Sessions runs for his old seat in Alabama. Trump endorses his opponent. And yesterday, uh, Sessions got throttled by the voters of Alabama, who have apparently no loyalty to anybody but Donald Trump. Your thoughts on the career, lessons you can learn from the career of one Jeff Sessions? Jeff Beauregard Sessions' (laughs) ambition was to. push civil rights back to pre-1964 and to stifle the vote. He had a meeting with um, the civil rights um, community shortly after he was named to the position, and he told them that that's what he was going to do. He's going to roll back. No, um, um, uh, Obama, the Obama Justice Department of Justice had had these rules where they were were uh, reforming the police departments and um, fighting uh, voter suppression in the southern states. And Sessions told him that he was going to do. He told them. He didn't even pretend. He told them he was going to do just the opposite of that. I mean, he, Sessions was Donald Trump before Donald Trump was Donald yeah. Trump. Back when when Trump was hanging out. And, um, pretending to be a successful businessman, etc., and he was a Democrat. Sessions, the stuff that Trump did, and, and um, Sessions also gave us Stephen Miller. He was he was a protege of um, uh, work, work, working for Sessions. So that's correct, right? And so the reason Trump didn't Trump didn't talk him into being. Uh, um, judge of the Justice Department. He eagerly he took that job. To he took that because this, he wanted to do all this, put put these black people back in their place. And the only mistake he made, but which was major, is he didn't. He he wasn't Trump's Roy Cohn. He didn't want to break the law. And um, protect uh, Trump in the Russian investigation. Mm-hmm. So he 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 stepped aside as he should have done legally. Yeah. Trump never forgave him for it. Yeah. And Trump is very vindictive. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, he yeah he recused himself, and so he wasn't there uh, to fire the special prosecutor the way Trump wanted him to be. Right. Uh, and right. so he, he was no Bill Barr. Yeah, he was no Bill Barr, exactly. Uh, and uh, so now he's, listen, Jeff Sessions, I'm not crying for him. That's for sure, Monroe Anderson. Believe me, I'm just saying, I'm pointing out, uh, Michael Cohen, Jeff Sessions. It, it's not a good week for uh, former uh, Trump puppets. You get what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah, right, exactly. But he's, but like I said, Trump is, Trump knows he's not going to win. 
And so yeah. he's exacting his revenge on everybody because he's a spiteful person. So all those who didn't didn't show complete loyalty to him, he's he's ticking them off one at a time, and he's rewarding those who did. Yeah, look out for him, and and that's 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 his platform for the next four months. All right. Well, we'll be back next week uh, to follow up with Monroe Anderson. Monroe, thank you so much. Comes on the show every Wednesday. Talk Trump, Trump, and Trump. Stay safe. Stay sound. All right. All right, Monroe. All right. Okay. All right, that's that's great, Monroe Anderson, and I'm Ben Jarofsky. And Brian, you have uh, made it through your first day. I'm a survivor. You're, you're a survivor, and uh, you did fine. I told you Monroe would pass that test. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I told you, man. <laughs> I know my baby boomers. Anyway, I want to thank Monroe Anderson uh, for uh, being my guest. I want to give a shout out to Dr. D. Dennis. I love you dearly and uh, stay strong. And he said, you know, he texted me earlier. He may come phone in tomorrow. We'll see. No, no rush, but he'll definitely be back next week. And uh, Brian, outstanding job. Uh, and uh, I have this closing that I do for Dennis. So I'll do it for you. Uh, the pride and joy of Berwyn, Illinois. The pride and joy of Berwyn, Illinois. They call him <laughs> Dr. B. I guess nobody calls you Dr. B. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everyone.